And we're back with podcast number 100, turning over another milestone, the century mark on subconscious mind mastery. Hi, Thomas Miller, back with you again. And I just thought, hey, why not? Because Audible got the book up already. Let's do number 100 with the person who has had so much of an impact and influence on this journey that I've been taking for about the last eight years now. And of course, that's Fred Dodson. And it's really interesting that the title of the book that we're introducing here, you know, I told you in the last podcast, I'd done two back to back and Audible got the second one out pretty fast. So here we are, right? On number 100, just like what, a week after we released the other one? But I think this is appropriate that the title of this one is Reality, Creation, and Manifestation. This is all of Fred's written works, basically, outside of Parallel Universes of Self and the book and audiobook Reality, Creation, Technique. Those are separate. This book is an accumulation of all of his other writings to date on reality creating and manifesting. How about that? And as he says, this is a book or an audio book that you just keep going. You uh, you have it going all the time, really. You just dive into parts of it and digest parts of it because it is chock full of exercises, chock full of concepts and uh, and principles and techniques. And we're going to talk about it in the interview, but he actually debunks some of the um, mythology, if you will, around the movie The Secret that, you know, that you can just pull stuff down. Now, that's not to say that you can't put yourself in a state and have things show up in your life. I Look, I'm example number one that you can, indeed you can, but some of what he debunks is just the, uh, you know, I think you get what I'm talking about, just this whole idea that you can sit around with your eyes closed and have things drop down out of the sky. Obviously, you have to put feet to your manifestations, and he talks about that at length as well. And like last time, the previous audiobook, listen all the way through to the end, and there will be a special gift from me to you at the end. You know, the synchronicities of the universe. I was thinking the other day about how I first came across Fred Dodson. I don't think I've told it in this podcast series. It was back during that year in the RV that is chronicled in some of the earlier podcasts and especially on number, what, 21, I believe. But I spent that year kind of tooling around in an RV, and that was the year that I unpacked my life and so much clarity and so much of what we talk about in this podcast came out of that year's experience. And as I've said, it turned out to be the best year of my life, really. And, you know, this is where one touches one, touches one, touches one, because I had found a book of some sort, and I could not even remember or recall what the book was, and it was something about multiple realities. And this was new material to me at the time, had not any background in it whatsoever. So I was reading the comments on the book in Amazon, and one commenter, turned me on to Fred Dodson. Isn't that amazing how some guy who sat down at his keyboard one day and wrote a, you know, a short paragraph of review on Amazon opened up? I mean, you wouldn't have been exposed to Fred Dodson through me had I not been exposed to Fred Dodson through this guy. So you can see you never know what kind of influence you'll have, even by a simple thing. But this guy basically said, 
yeah, this book was okay, but if you really want a deep dive into this subject, buy Parallel Universes of Self by Fred Dodson. So I just, on that recommendation, I just clicked over and started reading some of Fred's works and realized instantly that there was a, a bright light there that was not shining elsewhere. This guy was talking about things that most people in this space don't talk about, and that's what started me following Fred Dodson. So, yes, the universe leading and leading through finding my eyes to that review. I mean, just the synchronicities that happen in life when you open up to all of this are just amazing. All right, last podcast, number 99, we talked about the miracles of attention and awareness. I hope you've been more aware since hearing that interview. Now we're going to talk about how to create your reality. Yeah, it's it's everything I've written on the topic of uh, reality creation, apart from parallel universes and the book Reality Creation Technique. It's um, ninety percent of it is from the blog, also from the non-public part of the blog, and it's it's like looking at the same topic over and over again, but from different angles, and and that's what makes it a great study book. Anybody who's read the book should be an expert. If they're not. As you've already said, something is wrong. <laughs> well, okay. So last time we told a story, let's tell a story. So, you know, as I'm doing these, I what, I had the level of energy story too about nearly avoiding what could have been a fatal accident after having read about the 500 level energy in that section of the book. That came alive. Uh, we talked about Rick and the hiking trail last time about awareness where people walked past my six foot two inch buddy several people walked right by him and uh, never knew that he was even there here's one for you from this book reality creation and manifestation you told a story in there about wanting to manifest a classic jaguar convertible and the the essence of this was pre-manifestation so i loved what you said that when we put an intention and a, and a manifestation request out to the universe, that immediately be, begins to mobilize things in our direction according to what we manifest. Now, maybe not exactly, but it starts the process. Am I, am I getting that right? Is that an accurate interpretation? Yeah, it's as if um, um, the universe looks in your immediate vicinity, what, what's close by, that is similar to that which you intended for, okay? And if the exact thing is not available easily uh, and without resistance, it'll take the next best thing. So in the case of that Jaguar, it wasn't the Jaguar, but it was a Mazda that looked just like it. <laughs> except know, for the it label. <laughs> yeah, except for the label. It, it was a roadster that was green and, and had this beige roof. And, and you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's quite stunning, actually. It looked just like it. So what I could have done in that instance is uh, either keep visualizing the Jaguar or take what I get. And most people do take what they get. They, they settle for less. They say, okay, that's close enough, and that's fine. But you don't have to. You could, you could keep on going until uh, it comes closer and closer to the ideal that you originally intended, you know. So I wanted to play with that very thing. And so I, I was hiking up this particular trail that goes up a pretty steep incline through, it follows a creek actually, 
And then it gets up to this valley and is the most beautiful valley of aspen groves that are now this time of year just on fire, golden color. So I had seen down into the valley from the road, hadn't hiked up there for about a week, and I knew that the aspens were just going to be incredible. So as I'm walking up there, I'm thinking about your story about the car. And I thought, well, what could I manifest that would parallel that I could just play with that story that you were talking about? And as I just tuned in, horse came to mind. Now, just like you didn't need a car, want a car, care about a car, you were just playing, right? You were playing with yeah, the exactly. with the experience of could something show up? So I just approached it from exactly the same thing. I have zero attachment to wanting a horse. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> yeah, right. I had a backup. I'm like, wait a minute. I know this stuff works. I better figure out what I'm going to do with the darn thing if it shows up. So in walking through, the, walking up the trail, I'm thinking, okay, what color? I want a chestnut horse, and I want a big horse because I'm a big guy, and I want a horse that would support me. Ooh, horses like to eat. Uh, you know, eat like a horse doesn't, they just didn't pull that out of the air. So I, I obviously want some food. And then I thought, well, vet bills can get pretty expensive. So, so cover the vet bills. Oh, and a trailer to carry the horse around. And then, you know, it's no fun to ride by yourself. So I want two horses. Two horses, because I obviously would like to ride with friends. A trailer, food, vet bills. Great. Perfect. I'm like, what have you just done? <laughs> So I walked a little farther and I thought, you know, if if this horse shows up, which it very well could, or something similar, I'd better have a plan of what to do with it. So I thought, well, I'll give it to a ranch that uh, works with underprivileged kids or special needs kids or something so that if these horses show up, that at least I'll give them to the to a ranch. And I actually visualized getting the horse, riding the horse, saddling the horse going to different places and trails around here where I could ride. I visualized riding with a partner. I visualized giving the horse to the ranch, actually advertising it, making calls to the ranch to ask if they would be interested, having the ranch send their trailer to me to pick the horses up, and then visiting the ranch later and watching the kids riding the horses that I had donated. <laughs> Carried all that out about... 30 minutes or so later, <laughs> broke up through the trees. Yeah, 30 minutes. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> Get ready, folks. I broke through the trees into this valley, and I walked over to this one particular area. And do you know that tied up under a golden aspen tree were two chestnut horses, one of them bigger than the other, and there were two horse trailers nearby, everything waiting for me right at the top, I literally started to cry. And I took pictures of the horses and the trailers, and uh, I'm using one of them now on my smartphone as the, the background. So it's a daily reminder of how we really can manifest these things. Yeah, that's, that was uh, non-attachment, you see. Because attachment assumes that uh, you don't have it, you know, and, and that's why we say uh, do it without attachment, because when, where there's attachment, there's like uh, you don't own it. You, you got to we, we only attach to things we don't fully own inside. Good. Nice. nice. 
it's going. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, that was that was just totally fun. I mean, and to have it happen, you said the car thing, the the little Mazda showed up for you within a couple of weeks, and I was just absolutely blown away of walking up there and seeing those horses. Wow, that was incredible. <laughs> One of the things that you talk about in the book that I thought was not only excellent but also quite key was some uh, debunking, if you will, of some of the mythology that has been created around the idea that you can think thoughts and then all of a sudden things will show up. Uh, the, the movie The Secret, you spent a section in there pointing out some things that are just not accurate about that philosophy and that reality creation really does include more who we are than just making, you know, snap, snap requests of the universe, like a parking spot. You mentioned specifically the parking spot. I know everybody goes to the parking spot. That's the example that, well, you know, I was driving around Aspen during 4th of July weekend, and I couldn't manifest a parking spot. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and about 10,000 other people, you know. But I, I thought that that was excellent, that you really brought... I'm going to say reality into reality creation. Yeah, it's um, you can manifest stuff like that, and instantly. I mean, you even even demonstrated it, okay? But um, the things you're really passionate about in life, um, it, you're not passionate about parking spots. So it's it's not a it's not, not such a great thing to, to to manifest in the first place. Um, you can. How should I say this? Most people who are into things such as the secret, they're coming from a certain place. They're coming from a place of uh, laziness and, and um, wanting to compensate for their laziness and energylessness by get-rich-quick schemes, I'll say. Okay, and, and that's not really how this stuff works. If you haven't, uh, let, or, or let me put it differently. If I focus for a while uh, and, and get into a flow, okay, through my work, I get into a flow. Through my effort, I get into this flow, and things become effortless. At that point, I do manifest instantly, quickly, and effortlessly, and everything just goes smoothly like it is with me these days. I, I lit literally get everything served on a silver platter. And... Um, but, but but I'm coming from a different attitude. I'm not coming from the attitude that I'm too lazy to do the focusing and, and, and the effort. I'm coming from an attitude of passion and love for life. And when, when people write to me and they say, well, how can I... Um, for example, the other day a woman wrote an email to me asking, how can I leave my comfort zone? Because I had written an article on that recently. How can I leave my comfort zone smooth smoothly and easily and, and and that question itself um it's it's the wrong attitude okay it's um it's coming from a place where they think life is hard and <laughs> that's the underlying belief life is hard how can it be easy and if you have the underlying belief that life is hard uh, you're not going to have things easy okay and i said to her well uh, leaving the comfort zone implies that it's not smooth, that it's not easy, 
That's why you're leaving your comfort zone. You're stretching yourself. But as you repeatedly leave your comfort zone on this issue, it's going to become easier and easier. And then it's going to become effortless and magical, like effortless manifestation. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's important to, to differentiate where this desire for get rich quick and instant manifestation is coming from. There's no such thing as uh, getting something for nothing. There is instant manifestation. There is get rich quick, but it's all at a price. In the universe, there's no such thing as something for nothing. People ask me why I'm so lucky, why I always uh, manifest instantly and effortlessly. It's because of um, I've been doing this for the last 30 years. Okay, I've been studying it for the last 30 years. I've put a lot of effort, love, and attention into it. I put love into it. And you can't manifest things without putting some love into stuff. Um, there's a there's this laziness out there and movies such as The Secret, they're, they're, they're accurate, but they're catering to lazy people. They're saying, look, you don't have to put any love into it. All you have to do is sit there and you can snap your, your finger and whatever you want is going to manifest. And, and that's not just not how it works. Um, am I coming across? Is this making any sense? Absolutely. And the book is chock-a-block full of exercises. And I think the key here, not only what you're talking about of how we want something for nothing, but in learning this reality creation uh, way of living, it's about applying it. So even reading the book, listening to the book, is not enough. There are wonderful exercises in there that people can do where they can apply this and see it start to work in their life like the horses showing up did. Yeah, and and when you did it, you were not attached. There's several things that were going on, and um, you were, you know, of, you were very open-minded about it and playful. And also, you're generally, uh, you know, you've been a good guy the last years. <laughs> I mean... I don't know if that would have happened if you could manifest that way if you had um, if you had spent the last few years in, in involved in, in crime for example say okay do you see what I'm saying you know I've lived as you know I moved up here um, a little over well about a year ago November of 2015 and I've always wanted to live in Colorado always have wanted to live in the mountains and right now as we're recording this I'm just about to experience the full year, uh, the seasons, if you will, in Colorado, and it has been spectacular. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. Um, everything that came before that, uh, you've been following your bliss. You've been really good. You've been um, doing good, jo a good, great job. You've been exactly where you wanted. You had the courage to move there. That all plays into your manifesting ability. You know, you've, you've done the work before, and that's why when you do it, it pretty much happens instantly. You're coming from an entirely different place. It's the place you're coming from, okay? I'd like to give another example, because this is really important. Um, you know, this another guy wrote to me about a month ago, and he was complaining that he was using my techniques and not manifesting anything. 
And he was using them just as described and doing my exercises. And then later it turns out he's a criminal. Uh oh. <laughs> you know, and he said, um, yeah, but so what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it's just missing the whole point, missing. And he's trying to compensate for his crime because he's in trouble now by manifesting stuff. And, and that's just not if you take away from the universe, um, you're not going to get back. <laughs> it, so so it's 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 really whether manifesting works or not, it just depends where you're coming from what your energy is, what your state of consciousness is. I say this ties your work together because levels of energy. You had said when you asked me to read Levels of Energy, you said Parallel Universes of Self was the more popular book, but you but you said Levels of Energy changed my life more than any of the works that you had done up until then. It certainly did mine. It has made a profound impact. I can't, Fred, I can't drive into a town now without picking up on the energy of what that town is. Yeah, what it's all about. A restaurant, uh, meeting a group of friends, whether I want to associate with that group of people or not. It's instant. And I think one of the changes, one of the big shifts for me, and people who have followed this podcast know that my past had a lot of challenges in it because of things that I created. I totally own it. And most of that was played out in the city of Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and the last time that I went there, I flew into the airport, drove up to the office where I was having a business meeting, and literally was crying while I was driving down because memories, especially related to my kids, of intersections that I was passing on the, the freeway and there was a building over there and I know that something happened there and this over here and go to this section of town. And I mean, I couldn't drive three or four miles without just one compounded bad memory after another. <laughs> it became a real low level place of energy for me. Now, you know, the guy that's quarterbacking the Dallas Cowboys right now, he's has a whole different energetic experience of Dallas. He's loving it, right? He's carving himself a niche in the NFL because Tony Romo broke his collarbone again. So, I mean, here's the same geographic location experienced in two different ways. This place has always called to my heart and soul. And when I get out there on that hiking trail or that ski run or where the fly fishing in the river, it is taking me to that high level of energy. And yes, you're talking about things flow from that in a completely different way. That's right. Another topic that you discuss at length in reality creation and manifestation that I wanted to ask specifically for this podcast is you discuss the subconscious mind. I think in this book, at least it stood out to me more than I think any of your other works. Well, it stood out to you because you're into subconscious mind mastery, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that, that goes back to the last podcast we did on attention and awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're subconscious again. Yes, got that. But now, look, I haven't studied this since I was a teenager, as you, as a child, really, as you have. This was something that I stumbled onto in kind of self-diagnosis uh, when I was in my late 40s, after having failed so many repeated times. And then I picked up Joseph, Murph, uh, Joseph Murphy's book. And I started reading articles, and then I found you, and I started reading your material and just put all this together. And that's really how the name Subconscious Mind Mastery came about, because 
I could see that consistent pattern of how I ingrained beliefs and fears into this unconscious part of me. And then as I look back after four decades, here were things that unfolded that I had very little to do with. I I gave them no effort, and yet they happened as I believed or as I had more prominently feared. So it just made sense to me, wow, if I could have programmed that back then, I could reprogram it and I could have a better life. And that's exactly what's happened. So that's where the subconscious came to me. So how do you weave in your philosophy and your thoughts our subconscious, the subconscious side of our mind as a part of reality creation? Yeah, so so any new reality you want, um, the moment you want it, that's a conscious thought. And as long as it's a conscious thought, uh, it's not going to come true. What you want to do is make this new reality, this new conscious thought, this new vision, this new goal, this new dream. You want to make it subconscious so that it starts acting on your behalf naturally and automatically. So let's take a thought. Let's take the thought, I am a successful tennis player, for example. And you're not that. It's a new thought, okay? Uh, and and you got to keep thinking of it consciously. And if you don't, it just goes away again. Or I am healthy or I am rich. And, and as long as it goes away again, it's not subconscious. When it's subconscious, it's created. So the way to get this new reality or this new thought of I am a successful tennis player into your subconscious would be, you know, through a state of deep relaxation while visualizing it, while imagining it as if it were already true, as if your wish were already fulfilled. And as you keep it over and over and over and over repeating that or saying it or speaking like it or acting as if that were true, there's so many things you can do to program your subconscious as you keep doing that, uh, and it starts filling you from head to toe, it starts feeling normal, actually, natural, not like, oh, my God, oh, this is so amazing, unbelievable, but, you know, <laughs> this is just, just the way things are. This is normal to me. It becomes subconscious, and then you don't have to consciously, effortfully think of it anymore. You don't have to intend it, maintain it. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to work on it. It's just part of who you normally are. It's just who you are. And that's when things become effortless. And the moment it's in your subconscious, you actually begin attracting it into your life, perceiving opportunities for it, and so forth and so on. That's the beauty of the subconscious. Reality creation is is nothing other than making new, good, conscious thoughts subconscious natural and normal. That's one of the things I appreciate of being at this phase of life. Um, I'm in my, gosh, got a fall birthday coming up here, almost 57 years old. Oh. And when you look back over the years, especially, again, awareness and attention, if you are aware of these things that we're talking about, then even though you might not... (laughs) You might not be thinking about some of the things that have happened and come true. But when you look back over four decades or five decades, then you see that these patterns that we establish from our beliefs 
definitely play out over the course of our life. And it really is an amazing perspective. Yes, they all came true one way or the other. Exactly. Exactly. And that goes back, again, the point that you emphasize in the book. In fact, if there's a synopsis of this book in a sentence, it came to me on a Facebook thing. You know how they put those graphics up on Facebook? Yeah. And right after, right as I was finishing the book, I hadn't quite finished it yet, but I was right there at the end. Somebody put one of those graphics up on Facebook, and it said, you will see it when you believe it. Changing those beliefs and ingraining those beliefs in the subconscious, you can tuck them away. And then, yeah, things just things just automatically start to show up for you. Yeah, it's um, and once you really get it, you wished you had more time on Earth. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> like fifty-seven. <laughs> Crap! <laughs> had I only known this when I was twenty, you know. <laughs> well, you know, and that's really actually, you just hit on something that I'm working on is how to reach younger people because that's such a passion for me is if I could have been reached with this when I was in the, at that impressionable age being taught something else, which really for me was my early teens, if I could create materials that could reach that age group, they, boy, to have that gift and be able to play that out over a lifetime, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that, would, that would be a good way to go, you know. There's there's ways to teach this to children at school without being too imposing or pushy. You know, there's uh, they 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 should start training imagination in school. That's what they should start doing. There's too little of that. Uh, there's too little deliberate thinking. Okay, they should have children close their eyes and and imagine stuff. Children do this anyway. But they, they get this idea and belief in school that that's not a good thing to do, that daydreaming is a bad thing to do. You know, you stop daydreaming and you pay attention to this inf- this information, you know, because this is how reality is. In the 16th century, King so-and-so uh, slaughtered uh, <laughs> these people. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Looking out that window, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, not once, not once while I was at school, not a single time did any teacher say to me, I would like you to close your eyes and imagine your dreams and goals for the future for yourself and for, for others, you know, not not once. I mean, in, in, in 10 or 12 or 8, I don't know how, how many years of school, not a single time. And that's, that, 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 I mean, that that's just... Bizarre, you know, <laughs> considering what we know, it's it's bizarre that even if they don't believe in this stuff, they could at least believe in creative imagination, you know, that uh, you can become more creative when you when you imagine at least that uh, even if it's not manifesting, you, you could you could always, you know, so that's what I t- if, if there are people out there teaching children, I'd, I'd help them imagine nice things uh, even if they only believe that it's for improving one's emotions, you know, and and draw art of things they would like to experience. There's too little emphasis on what would you like to experience and too much emphasis on this is how things are. These are things you have to experience in life. This is what life is like and that's what you have to experience, you know. <laughs> Which is all a form of subconscious programming. Yes, 
the, the, the whole, all of society is based on this idea. This is what you have to experience. I mean, I watched the presidential debate the other day and, um, both of these candidates, I felt kind of sorry for them because they're like, uh, you know, your future depends on this. Things are really hor- going horribly. And they were focusing on, on all kinds of horrible stuff. And, and it was too little of, uh, what would we like to experience? What kind of world do we want? They were focusing on Iran and on ISIS and on uh, unemployment. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. That's what society's like from school uh, all the way up to, to politics. That's what people are like. It's just these, these presidential candidates and the debate is a reflection of what, how people actually think. That's how they actually think, you know. So we got to ask more of the question: What would you like to experience? What do we want to experience? What 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 would be a better version of this? And that question is really too rarely asked in companies, in politics, in school, in our private lives, um, even our, in our private lives every single day. I notice in myself, although I notice this stuff, I notice the tendency of the mind to look at what is instead of what I'd like to experience, you know. So I'll be uh, talking and saying, okay, so what is it we got to do today instead of what would I like to experience? Even me, who's very trained in this stuff, will say, what is it that I got to do today? You know, it's, it's, it's a tendency of the mind to be focused on the past. I think these places where you and I are hanging out takes a little bit of that out of you, though. You know, it's hard to ask, what do you have to do today when you're in Aspen? <laughs> you know, it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and this is such a shift. And the, again, the people who have followed this podcast series know what I came from. And then, like you said, a year ago made this massive shift of stepping into the reality that I wanted to create. And there has been so much more natural flow and bliss. Oh my goodness, we haven't talked about bliss. That's another whole topic by itself. But just being in that state of bliss and then being in a high energy environment, I'll tell you, I'm so now cocooned in this that it would be hard, I think, to step back into quote unquote normal reality of life i mean get on go to an airport and get on a plane it's like oh you know (laughs) yes indeed yeah well fred this has been just an amazing collection of your life's work really uh this is this is what you are about realitycreation.org and uh, that your seminars are about reality creation and yes i would like to in fact let's just nail it down right now Let's just nail it down right now. I will see you in February. Well, it would be my great pleasure if you could make it. That's beautiful. Beautiful intention, okay? It's going to be the parallel universes of self-course. It's going to be a first. It's not going to be called the reality creation course. Um, And the reason for that being is I'm going to do something entirely different in that course. That's why I created my video course called Reality Creation Manifestation, so that I could proceed to something new. Okay, it's going to be all new techniques, not from the book, all brand new stuff that I've never uh, shared before. 
And right now I'm actually in the process of developing and experimenting with the techniques, which is a lot of fun, um, to, to see what works, what sticks and what doesn't. So it's going to be an absolutely amazing seminar. I'd, I'd recommend it to any breathing, living human being. Hey, if you need a beta tester, my hand is in the air. <laughs> some of those <laughs> tests and experiments just email me all right and keep an eye on fred's website too if you haven't been to it realitycreation.org like he's been talking about over these last two interview podcasts that we've done together he is really stretching the band now and doing some amazing things so go see for yourself there's a members area there are courses the books and i understand fred that it won't be long before we'll be sitting behind the mic recording yet another one yeah the next book is called success attract success and it's again a mix of my articles written over the years and a few a few new things added to it that'll be coming out in uh, about three weeks from now all right excellent and we'll get on the audio book and it'll come out about 150 hours after that <laughs> <laughs> All right. Always great talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, too. Have a nice day. The audiobook, of course, is available through audible.com, iTunes, and amazon.com. Over 15 hours of recorded material, as you heard in the interview. It is quite a collection and something that you would want to listen to and listen over and over. I've said so many times here as well, the best way to retain information, if you really want to lock this in, is to both listen to it and read it simultaneously. So some of you will pick up on that, and some of you will really take that level of deep dive. Remember, I had a physician friend who built a very successful company teaching medical school students how to prepare for a course, and that was the basis of his curriculum. He had audio combined with PDF files, and all kinds of studies that he encountered supported that you would do both, and it would greatly increase your retention rate. And this was a guy that was trying to get medical school students whose minds were already crowded with information to quickly prepare for a test that would affect their future. So no small stuff, and that's the path that he went, is combining the two. So if you really want to deep dive, do both. Now, I had mentioned in the last podcast, I've got a free gift for you. If you would write me, thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com, there's also a contact box on the website, subconsciousmindmastery.com. You can fill that in, gets there too. Put up in the subject line, my reality. That's it, my reality. And then what I'd like you to do is just tell me a quick story, a couple of paragraphs about some reality creation that happened in your life, if it has, and if it hasn't, that's fine. Tell me about something you would like to create and what you're doing to create it. So give me a little bit of information about what's going on in your life. As a result, I will send back to you a little free present that I think you'll like, something I can deliver by email and something that I think will bless and benefit your life. And thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you for getting me to number 100. This is exciting. This is a great mark. And, you know, I am working on the next book for Fred. So I'm actually up really, really early, very pre-dawn, recording the next book, which is Success Breeds Success. 
I got to tell you, it's all about career, business, how to frame up that side of your life, the career, job, money side of your reality. So I'm working on that one and we'll have that one out before too long as well. Thank you very much again for listening. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.